We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right, there we go. Everybody is live. Welcome in. It is Tuesday night and uh, I'm Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall and joined by, as always, on the evening shows, Carl. Carl, how you doing, man? What a busy last 36 hours that we've had in uh, Broncos country. Yeah, I I've, I was almost afraid to fall asleep last night. Mm-hmm. You know, just uh, waiting for my phone to have all these notifications coming through and my I was sleeping last night and I have a watch that lets me know when a message comes through and my wife was like why is our bed buzzing so much and uh I'm like uh, well sorry okay. it's it's what's, football season honey what's going on <laughs> what's buzzing in the bed all right well yeah, yeah Broncos but uh yeah Broncos so uh yeah it's been a heck of a time you know I was one of those that I kind of figured the Broncos maybe make a couple moves here to start off with you know, a couple nice moves, but nothing too crazy. And then all of a sudden it's no Broncos. They're just going to go everything in. And so I love to see it. I mean, it, it gives me a lot more hope for how they view this team for this upcoming season. Uh, we kind of talked about that a couple weeks ago on this show of how the Broncos tackle free agency would be a big showing of how this front office and coaching staff views this roster. You know, do they think they can win this year or are they really kind of pushing for 2024? Well, now they're saying, this is our year. Like we're, we're going back to the playoffs this year. Yeah. I mean, they've been spent more money than any team out there uh, in the NFL. They've really gone and attacked the offensive line and not just the offensive line, but the run game specifically here. I mean, we talked about it a lot of times. I think I said it on here many times last year. So the Broncos offensive line is not very good, but it's not the pass protection. That's driving me insane. It's the run blocking has been horrific and the run game personnel, and they're just not getting it done on the ground. Way too many third and longs and putting themselves in terrible situations that, Wilson was not helping with uh, in those terrible situations, but Broncos going so hard on the run game personnel on the offensive side. It's all, it's insane. Uh, Chad should be publishing an article here soon. I just wrote up a uh, James Palmer was a NFL network insider reporter covered the Broncos there for NFL network for a number of years now. And he said uh, on good morning football this morning that Broncos were still considering adding more offensive line in free agency and also talked about running back as well. Saw some AJP Ryan sign since then, but uh Maybe the Broncos aren't done just yet, uh, but it's talking about Samaj P. Ryan. David coming in saying, what's up, Broncos country? He also says, uh, we get running back Samaj P. Ryan from the Bengals. Still need another running back because Williams will not play until week six. May not play at all. Maybe plays week one. Maybe doesn't play until the middle of the season. Maybe he doesn't play at all. Right? It's uh, covering all bases there, quoting uh, Matthew Berry uh, out there for uh, NBC Sports and everything. But yeah, um, Broncos attacking this offseason like Javante Williams. Anything you get from him is gravy, as they say. Yeah, no, you hope that they're going to make at least a couple more moves at the the running back position, you know, at least one draft pick and and maybe another free agency signing. Maybe it is Latavius Murray that you're bringing in just so you got plenty of running backs to go through because we've seen last year is a great showing. And we got Michael Ronquillo coming in with some great stars. Thank you so much saying good evening, Nick and Carl. I'm building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Thank you so much there, Michael. But but yeah, we've seen the running back position. It can disappear in a hurry. Mm hmm. You could all of a sudden be going to uh, the Saints practice squad and saying, Murray, come on, let's see what you got here, buddy. See if you got anything left in the tank. And that's not a place you want to be. Now, Murray, he did admirable for what he was kind of thrown into. But 
you don't want to see that happen again. You're hoping that you can get three legit running backs that you can kind of rely on moving forward. And uh, so you got one of them now. Now, P. Ryan, he's not been the true number one for a whole lot of games. You know, last year, I think he had maybe two games where he was the number one when Mixon was injured. So he's got some spot starts here and there. But for an actual like, hey, you're our lead back. You are uh, our bell cow. He's not been that guy since college. And, and you can even argue in college, you know, Oklahoma's always had kind of that rotation of we want to have about three or four running backs that we can throw at you and just keep turning them out. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see what else they add to the position. Yeah, Samaji P. Ryan, one of the best pass protecting backs in football at Pro Football Focus has had him graded super high there, but even just like the tape has been amazing there in that regard. Uh, solid out of the backfield, you know, f- tough runner as well. He's just, he's not going to create a lot of explosive plays, I guess is the way to yeah. go. You can get the ball in him in spacing and make a guy miss, and then he has space in front of him. He can, you know, take advantage of that. But as far as explosiveness, uh, vertical run game, it's just not there with him. But as far as being a part of a rotation and having a very specific niche, the Broncos running back room and the run game got a lot better today. So that's that's great. Yeah. It's pretty much all you can ask for for a signing like that. He makes me think of, we talked about this with the Broncos, with having Russell Wilson here. You want to force teams to go to single high coverage. Well, how do you do that? You have a really strong run game up the middle where if they're going to play that too high safety, all right, here we go. We're just going to run it straight up the middle till you stop this. And so P. Ryan, he's that guy. Like he loves going for contact. Uh, it, one of the games that he started this last year was the regular season game against the Chiefs. He had over 100 yards rushing and made the Chiefs pay for it. Like by the fourth quarter, you saw them not wanting to tackle him. Like holes were just like opening up because players are like, no, you just go ahead here. And so that four minute offense at the end of the game, they were able just to keep turning out first downs and win that one without having to, uh, to give the ball back to the Chiefs in big part because they just, like I said, they ran the ball well throughout that game. And we got Dylan Von Arks coming in saying, we running the ball this season. Yeah, uh, there, there's no more of let Russ cook. It, it's It's not his football team anymore. And that's a good thing. It can't be his football team. And we got Mike S coming in saying, what's up, Nick, Carl, Scott, Dylan, and Broncos country. Good to see you in here, Mike. And uh, just I'm, I'm 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 excited because I feel like the Broncos have made a lot of smart moves here. You know, they they have they have a plan. I think sometimes in the, the past with free agency, it's like, oh, this seems like a good player. Yeah, let's put him in here. But like, wh- how are they fitting this? What are they doing now? They're really showing like we we have a plan of what identity we want here with the Broncos. We're going to run the heck out of this football, have that play action game, go strong. Like I said, third and short. We're going to be able to turn out a lot of first downs, have a very uh, monotonous, um, meticulous offense. It's going to be able to march down the field on teams. And so, yeah, like I said, I, I just, I think that's what's best for Russ. It's what's best for the Broncos. And I think every move has been with that in mind. Yeah, pretty much, especially on the offensive side of the ball, uh, bringing the run game back. Good to see you, Mike Guest. You also got Dominique in the house. Broncos family, how we feeling? Day two, new running back, MHH for life, Broncos forever. David McElrath coming in. Good evening, Nick and uh, Carl and Deacon Scott. Not Luke, uh, but MHH for life, Buckham, Denver Broncos for life. Happy belated birthday, David. Everybody in the chat say happy birthday to David. It was just his birthday on Sunday, I want to say. Maybe it was Monday, but happy birthday, happy David. Birthday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Jetty Splash coming in saying, glad the offensive line was addressed. Don't think I'd go through a third season of them being ignored. Looks like the new owners and coaches are doing well uh, to get people back in their seats. And he said, personally, I already canceled my auto subscription to NFL Rewind, wondering if I will be watching NFL games next season. Well, hopefully we will, and uh, hopefully we have those butts in the seats uh, for the Broncos. Uh, looks like they're going to be competent this season. I'm very hesitant to say that after you know last season <laughs> blowing up like the Hindenburg, but uh, showing should be a better team this year. And guess what? They're going to be in way more games. Uh, and they're going to be executing a higher clip. You know, there's not as many face Paul moments as we saw last season. So, and also not as much, just tough to watch. Uh, there's nothing. Maybe this is just me being a Iowa big 10 kind of guy, Carl, but nothing is more painful to watch than your team getting beat to hell in the trenches. And uh, we've seen that a few times. Those are just the worst games to watch. We're just getting physically whipped. And yeah. not that the Broncos have done that every single game, every single week. Uh, but adding to the way they asked the offensive line so far says that they're going to be the team hopefully coming in and whipping on some teams. Right. So you would be happy about this. I don't know about happy, but I had somebody message me 
uh, yesterday. They said, hey, have you ever watched that Iowa kicker, Iowa punter? I was like, yes, more often than I should have. (laughs) (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. They were excited about the idea of the Broncos going and getting that Iowa punter. He's back but, in uh, Iowa yeah. for another year. Yeah, but, so next year, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, we got Michael is Michaela Israel. Excuse me, Michaela. Good evening, Broncos country. Good to see you, Michaela. We appreciate you coming in. Michaela was coming to Supers this morning. We always appreciate that. Chase Wellner with the the uh, the flexing on us. Good to see you, Chase. Jace uh, Stillos coming in saying there are a lot of good edges in this year's draft. Absolutely. And Carl, well, we'll have a lot of time uh, to get into building the Broncos via the draft here. But I think my general thought on how this team is set up right now. Yes, there are still some question marks on the team. You know, like maybe one of the safeties considering Caden Stern's health, maybe still another running back to the fold. Definitely center is up there as well. But picking 67, 68, I think those are the numbers. It really depends on if you were including the Dolphins forfeited pick or not. But uh, pick 67, 68. I don't think they have to go any singular position, which is crazy to say considering how many holes there are, but with how thorough they've been in free agency so far, let the draft come to them. And I think there will be centers running backs there if you want to go that way, but you don't have to. Right. Yeah. Every position, I I would say you have a baseline player that you could be okay if you had to to start them. Like you're not going to be happy about some of them. Like Lloyd Cushenberry, if he had to start, I'm not going to be very happy about that decision. But He's at least got some starting experience. He's worked with Russ before, and he's got two decent players around him that can help him. You know, that, that's the, the nice thing there. You hope you can still upgrade on it. This draft looking really good at the center position. Uh, I was going to ask you, and maybe we can get into this a little bit later, but uh, of the top centers in this draft, now looking at how the Broncos have built this team and what they're looking to do, does it change your order with how you rank those those centers? I still don't know about the six foot six Joe Tipman uh, playing in front of Russell Wilson. I know they just signed the six foot, almost nine Mike McGlinchey at right tackle, but Joe Tipman at six, six on the interior kind of makes me a little bit concerned about him. I think John Michael Schmitz is six, four and built a lot wider. So he's one that's up there. Also, I know that at the senior bowl, I'm sure Scott cut it up, but uh, Steve Avila uh, played mostly guard at TCU, but he took some snaps at center uh, in that game as well. So I think Steve Avila and John Michael Schmitz are my top two center options for the Broncos. Cody Mox also considered a really awesome center upside player. Hasn't played played left tackle at North Dakota State, but I think he's more of a zone scheme one. I don't see him being right. the massive wide guy who can really just sit down and anchor and be a stump in the ground. Right. And if you if you go Avila, can you imagine that interior of guys that are about 320, 330, yeah. just running straight up the middle with, with Perrine right behind him? Or P. Yeah. Ryan, sorry. Um <laughs> and we got Jay Steele is coming in saying, oh, sorry, oh, Phil McLaughlin Phil. coming in with stars. Thank you so much there, Phil. Uh, saying, good evening, Nick Carl and Deacon Scott. I'm thinking these signings will open the draft a little bit more. Hashtag go Broncos. Hashtag MHH for life. Hashtag Buckham. Yeah, exactly. Like you just said, you can go a lot of different directions and feel good about it. You know, you could go, as we were talking about a little bit ago, the edge position. This yep. is a deep edge class. You could go add a guy that you feel like really adds to this group and, uh, a Zach Harrison who can help in the, the run defense because you don't have a lot of great guys on the edge for, for run defense. He's going to get a lot of playing time. If he gets to do that, uh, it's something that the Broncos still kind of need. Like I said, you can go center. You could go running back. You can even go wide receiver tight end. 
and feel like, hey, we're adding something that this team could need, not only this year, but moving forward. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, talking about tight ends, Raiders getting worse today. Crazy. Yeah. The J- <laughs> Josh McDaniels, the gift that keeps on giving, just yeah. like Phil is in a good way, though. You're the opposite Josh McDaniels, Phil. We always appreciate you. Also, always appreciate Paul coming in saying free agency frenzy. Hello, Nick, Carl, and Scott. Hello, chat. We got Jason talking about a guy that I'd be interested for the Broncos at pick 67 or 68. Uh, Devon H-Ain, uh for the speed running back from Texas A&M. He's the opposite of P. Ryan, and he would be really interesting there. The question is if he's going to make it to 67, 68, but you want to talk about a home run threat. He is the track star of the running back players uh, in this upcoming draft, and he'd be really interesting. Uh, I think that if you're looking for running backs for the Broncos right now, A-Chain's probably my... He's probably my number three uh, for the Broncos because Bijan is number one, and that's just outside the realm of possibility. The Broncos do trade one of those wide receivers and get up early into the second round or second round at all. I'm curious how close they're going to be in the Jameer Gibbs uh, range because adding him to this offense would be unbelievable. Uh, just yeah, the style of player that he is in a Sean Payton offense. But we're getting ahead of ourselves here. A-chain definitely possible for the Broncos 67-68. Yeah, no, that, that would be a home run hit for the Broncos. Uh, and I mean, he'd literally be the home run hitter for that yeah. offense. And it, it's not that he's just a track star. He's actually a pretty decent football player. He yeah. actually has some okay vision and you, you give him a little bit of a crease. That guy's taking it 20 plus yards. So yeah, wouldn't mind that one bit if the Broncos decide to go that direction for the, for the draft. Yeah. A lot of fun players here. I'm talking about it in our little group chat this morning. I feel like, you know, we all kind of clowned George Payton a little bit uh, when he had the press conference saying, oh, we think we're in the sweet spot of the draft or something like that. And obviously it's better to have earlier picks. So you have a chance at better players, but looking at this draft right now, in my opinion, I think it falls off a cliff at about pick 80. Uh, Just looking at like the mock drafts, I did mock draft before the combine came or before the uh, free agency kicked off. And I ran 20 simulations on PFF and like pick 67, 68. I almost always liked the options available. I was going to come away with two good players pick 105 or whatever it was with the Broncos fourth round pick. I was having a hard, harder time because I just, none of them felt good. And I looked even 10 picks before none of them really looked yeah. good. Besides the guys who I disagree with wholeheartedly with the, uh, the simulator or the big board that was being used. But I, I don't know. I think that uh, you can have a chance to get some, a couple good players there, 67, 68 that can contribute immediately and long-term and contributing immediately to us. George Fox with the stars coming in here saying, uh, do you see the Broncos getting another running back in free agency? Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag MHH for life. Thanks guys for all your insight on the team. And like George says, hit the thumbs up. We appreciate that, George. Thanks for the shout out. And thanks for the super Broncos could certainly bring in another running back. Still. I think it's much more going to be like the cheapest possible contract kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, they might circle back around uh, until after the, the draft also. Uh, to see what's still available. Let's say like the Broncos go into it and like, yeah, if, if a running back we like falls to the third or fourth round, we'll take him. But if they don't, then you can circle back around and pay that third wave, fourth wave uh, free agent, you know, a one year, $2 million contract. Right. I mean, you're looking at like a Latavius Murray kind of thing. You, you can be patient at the running back position. You don't have to go make another big signing to, to feel good about the running yeah. game. You know, it, it's, you need good running backs but I'd say even more importantly, you need a good offensive line that actually can block for them. And and the Broncos have done great work with that, where you can stick a running back back there and they're going to still do pretty darn good Mm -hmm. because of the group that's in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. That said, you still want some dynamism out there. And I think a lot of the advanced stats show the running backs last year left a lot of meat on the bone, so to speak. So definitely want to upgrade that position. David Cremello coming in friend of the show says Olu, Oluwatimi is an option uh, for the Broncos at center out of Michigan round five, round six. If Olu's there, um, I think that'd be fine. A uh, fine shot. I worry about his drafting a guy that late that projects as a pure center. I don't know about the avenues of seeing the field with the versatility as the backup there, but he's a fine option. And again, center, a lot of it comes from the shoulder pads up, right? Or they, the, the neck up, like what do they see in far as the processing, the intelligence? Uh, so definitely possible. I mean, the big 10 just has, a crazy number of center options uh, that we could talk about. We already mentioned Joe Tipman. We mentioned John Michael Sh- uh, Schmitz. Olu Oluwatimi is an option. And then Luke Weipler has a redshirt sophomore and had an awesome year at Ohio State this season. I think tested pretty well also. So keep an eye out for him. He's he's an option for the Broncos. Could be a uh, starting center. So there's, there's some options out there, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that one one bit. I, I hate waiting that long if we're going to have him be a starter, like you said. Yeah. You like a little more versatility if you're getting him for a swing guy as the backup role. But we got Jesse coming in saying, let's go. Yeah, Broncos have been going for sure here for two days straight. Swink McLeod saying, evening all. Evening to you as well. And Robert coming in saying, Broncos just kept uh, kept them coming yesterday. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's every time you kind of thought, oh, yeah, that was enough, big enough move. They're done. Nope. Got about three more moves to go. So got Eli saying, what up, Bronco brothers? Shout out from Corpus Christi, Texas. Good to see you here. Yeah. And more hellos here. You guys are killing it. Hit the thumbs up on the way. And we'd appreciate that. If you're joining us on Facebook or YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe to mile high huddle, hit that bell notification. So that way, you know, when we go live, Chris says salutations, Broncos country free agency starting off with a bang. I mean, not just a bang. It was bang after bang. They were hitting slamming on the door there. Uh, so pot, hitting the pots and pans around deuce from new Orleans coming in saying, is there any chance that Broncos sign back Shelby Harris at a low cost? I think there is a good chance that uh, you could see the Broncos bring in Shelby Harris. It might, lead to them moving on from Mike Purcell. Uh, but Shelby Harris in the rotation of the defensive lineman Broncos could still add a couple guy, a couple horses uh, to that defensive front. And it would do them a lot of good. Uh, obviously they brought in Zach Allen, who's kind of an inside outside player, but Mike Purcell and Draymond Jones or excuse me, Mike Purcell and DJ Jones, excuse me, wrong. Uh, we only have one D Jones now here. Uh, after that, you have a lot of question marks. So we'll see. I definitely think Shelby Harris, one year deal, two year deal would make a lot of sense. Also make a lot of sense saying hello to Daniel Swofford coming in with the stars over on Facebook. You guys are killing it on the Facebook side of things today. You guys on YouTube, what's going on? Uh, Facebook is just <laughs> lapping you. We appreciate all the Facebook people, and you don't have to do that if you're on YouTube. I'm just giving you guys a hard time. Greg Smith, good evening, Broncos country, Denver Broncos for life. <laughs> Tyler Brooks saying hashtag Walmart. That's, oh, that yeah. should be a shirt or something. Maybe we should all tweet that later. <laughs> uh, and Daniel talking about the guy we're talking about. Uh, Luke draft a uh, Luke Weipler or... Joe Tipman uh, options there. Big, big 10. We're going to have to get into a lot of these centers here. Um, definitely some options uh, without a doubt. Michael Davis coming in saying, I believe cap space is getting pretty tight. Now, if we sign anyone worth their weight, we likely have to restructure a current player's contract possible. Uh, we, Broncos could also create some space by moving on from Cortland Sutton. It does seem like there's just so much smoke there. I mean, how many times can Broncos people connected to the team and, uh, Oh gosh, who's the the mastermind of the PR machine for the Broncos? Uh, Patrick Smythe. Yep. Yeah. So, how many times can people connected with Patrick Smythe? You know, mention like, oh, you know, Tim Patrick going to be great next year. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's leading the groundwork for a life after Cortland Sutton deal, in my opinion. But we'll see. Uh, and also, you got Rahidi Mayingi coming in with from Canada, two seventy nine, saying, "What centers do you guys still like in free agency?" A lot of the centers have returned back to their former teams. It's actually been pretty interesting to see. I wrote an article, like I said, I just wrote an article and mentioned some of the guys, but like all the top names are back where they played last year. Ethan Pokasik, back to the Browns. Yeah. Uh, Brad, Bradley Bozeman, back to Carolina. Uh, the 49ers center, whose name's escaping me right now, back to the 49ers. Uh, Garrett Bradbury, back to the Vikings. The only one who's switched teams has been Connor McGovern of the Penn State origin uh, going to the Buffalo bills, Connor McGovern of the Missouri origin who used to play for the Broncos still available out there. I'm, I'm typically, you know, anti reunion because I'm trying to dig my heels in against sentimentism, which is, you know, sometimes the thief of, uh, what am I going to get into? Like just, you know, using rational thought, um, but uh, Connor McGovern makes some sense in my opinion. Yeah. And you, you forgot the one that signed the biggest center contract in the NFL, Jason Kelsey. Oh yes. Returning to his team also there. Yeah. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, he still got that Connor McGovern. He actually had a pretty good season for the jets last year. Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't mind that one too much. And we got John field saying, do you think we will restructure Wilson contract? I think that's probably the least likely contract that the Broncos will touch just in, if you restructure him, that probably means you can't move on from him next year. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you're pretty much at that point saying Wilson is our guy for the next two or three years. Now, maybe they have that kind of confidence in him. I doubt it at this point. Yeah. You know, we've kind of seen the Broncos take a, a little bit of a, you keep hearing these rumors of it's a kind of a wait and see, like we're going to give you your chance, but we're willing to move on. I think that's why you see the quarterback they signed uh, of a guy that has some upside that they're really wanting to, to look towards. We got Phil coming back in again saying, did I read that we signed Samadre Pirine as a backup running back? Also, I'm thrilled with Allen signing, but a little concerned about McGlinchey thoughts. Yeah. I, I was going to ask you, 
ranking all the all the deals the Broncos have done so far. You know, one being your favorite. I don't know how many deals they've done, like seven at this point, being mm-hmm. your least favorite. Um, you know, I, I think Zach Allen for me would be one of my top ones. I think Ben Powers would be right up there because I, I think he's a great fit for what the Broncos want to do and really solidifies that offensive line for him. Um, well, number one is obviously trouble. man hurts the blocking tight end they got from <laughs> Jacksonville. Uh, that's an absolute ass kicker. I don't know if I can say that on here in the run game, but uh, he's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and Scott and I got a good laugh this morning. I mean, you're trying to build a running team and you signed a guy named powers and a guy named man hurts. I mean, Jesus, are we like a fifth grader just naming random people here just to like fit their profile? We should sign a <laughs> uh, naming team. Yeah. Mr. Speedy next or something for the wide receivers looking for some speed, but uh, yeah, the McGlinchey contracts a little bit concerning, uh, especially now seeing a Caleb McGarry get a contract of, you know, 75%, 60% of what McGlinchey got. I don't think that there's that disparity of talent between the two. Uh, I also know a bunch of people that I really respect in the industry talk about the Broncos signing of McGlinchey, like pretty concerned about the contract compared to the player value. They think that he's a similar, uh, somebody like Brandon Thorne uh, compares him to a similar caliber player of Andrew Wiley, who signed for like 60% of the contract that McGlinchey signed, but somebody that Sean Payne wanted, you hope that they're right uh, just because they are in the field doesn't mean they're going to be right, uh, but Broncos identified him as one of their number one number one guys, if not the number one guy on the offensive side, and they went out and paid dearly for it. Let's hope it works out. Yeah, that, that's where I'm at too. I do think him being another year from his quadricep injury makes a mm-hmm. big difference. You kind of saw a lack of power compared to before. But we've yeah. got Gary Palmer coming in with the super chat for $9.99 saying, sorry guys, still adjusting to the time change. Did you talk about P. Ryan? Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Gary, I'm glad to see you here. Uh, and yeah, I, I understand that gets me every single time. Um, we'll, we'll talk about him some more here in just a little bit. we got Michael Davis coming in as well with the Super Chat saying, Aloha, gents. If we get Gregory Simmons and Bowles to restructure, who should we target? We'll need to move quickly to get CJGJ. Uh, hashtag MHH the best. Yeah, so there, there were some rumors last night. Broncos and CJGJ were, were kind of in this little bit of talks going on he was following a bunch of different broncos and the broncos themselves on instagram and then all of a sudden he kind of started deleting some of that so yeah i think the broncos they're not done they still have plenty of room where they could go out there and make lots and lots of moves if they really wanted to that's a nice thing is they've actually got some contracts that are set up well and beyond that we still have the the news of Cortland sutton is he going to be a bronco is he not this next year you know that opens up a lot of cap space where you can go sign a CJGJ. You see with the structure of the contract so far, most of them have been where that first year cap hit, very team friendly. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, they're going to have to figure out some cap stuff moving forward, but when you've got Walmart money, you don't really worry about it too much. Cap uh, keeps so, getting bigger too, right? Too big to fail. They're like the banks. Yeah. Uh, as far as those contracts, I don't think you see them approach Gregory or Bulls because approaching them with a restructure means you lose flexibility to move on from them after this season. Heard a lot of rumors early in the offseason about will they, won't they keep Bulls approaching with a restructure before he denied it. Now it's coming up. They're paying McGlinchey big money next year. Maybe they're not looking to pay both tackles uh, a sum that a sum that large. So I think Bulls probably one you don't approach with a restructure. Gregory as well, considering his injury history. Uh, you don't want to be stuck to him. If let's say he gets injured and misses next season, oh crap, we can't move on from him because we restructured him. Um, so I think they want to have that card in their pocket. Simmons is the one that I think I would approach with the restructure. I think his style of game is going to age gracefully. I think that his track is fine. I'm okay committing more years to him. So uh, yep. that's the one I'd be interested in. Yep. we got Naj coming in with the 1999 Super Chat. Appreciate their Naj saying, hey brothers, how do you see the wide receiver wide receiver room this year? That's uh that's the million dollar question right now for the Broncos. I I do think that they're going to trade one of their wide receivers. One, I think they want more draft capital. Two, I think if I remember right, they have one of the most expensive wide receiver rooms in the NFL right now, which is kind of crazy. I mean, at least for for cap hits this year. You know, we're we're only looking at this year. And so I, I do think with especially Cortland Sutton's number when they're going you're not worth 18 million with how you've been playing. And there are some teams. It sounds like that are interested. Patriots are one of them that I know have been making phone calls about wide receivers after losing Jacoby Myers. So I do think he'll be gone. Tim Patrick, great player. 
I think he fits really well with what the Broncos are trying to do. He's a great run blocker. Jerry Judy, he obviously showed there at the end of the year, can be a huge playmaker for this team. KJ Hamler, I think the Broncos can kind of the, we can take it. You know, if he's here, that's great. If it's not, like it's not going to be a big deal to us. So I think they're still looking for a speed wide receiver because they can't really trust him to stay on the field. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know if, if they go to the draft or if they go to free agency to find that, you know, I know cooks is still wanting out. I think he's trying to set the record for most trades ever for a player. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he's like actually trying for that. I, I really think that's a, a Guinness thing that he's trying to get. It would uh, be, he's been traded three times. I I have no clue at this point. I've lost track. The saints, the Rams, the Patriots, the Texans. I think that's four teams, three trades. Yeah. I would assume. But, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that the Broncos, how do you see the wide receiver room? It sounds like they're trying to trade one of these pe- people on there. Uh, the rumors just keep circulating. Personally, if I can't get better than a mid-third round pick for Sutton, if I can't get better than a top 40 pick, a uh, top 35 pick for Judy, I'm not interested. Just speaking yeah. for myself, I think that you're selling low on both of those guys, especially with where the wide receiver market is right now. I am not compelled to trade any of those players but if somebody makes the offer then i could you know have them pried away but uh, i i'm pretty concerned about the uh some of the rumors about the trading them and i hope they don't accept lesser value because something i talked about earlier uh trading that's outside of the top 75 80 picks this year i don't really love the talent uh that far down i think it kind of falls off a good bit so yeah i'd rather them keep intact unless somebody's willing to offer a very good deal other than KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler is like, I don't trust him at this point. I don't even consider him a part of the room, which sucks because I think he's a really talented player and a good dude. And I know he's dealt with some mental health stuff, but like I can't really depend on him from a football perspective right now. Yeah, it it really does suck. Like you said, when he's on the field, very talented. Teams have to respect what he can bring with that speed, beating teams over the top. And But when you can only count on him for maybe four or five games a year, that's not worth a whole lot at this point. And the, the more those injuries keep piling up, it just keeps getting worse and worse. So it, he's going to keep losing more and more athleticism with each injury. I'm, I'm yeah, with you. You didn't, didn't get you didn't anything need to block, for him. Yeah, You didn't need to block hot water music also. He was laughing and said, what are you smoking a top 35 pick for Judy? The point of that is you need to freaking compel me to make the move. And uh, if I don't feel compelled to do so, I mean, Chase Claypool got pick 32 overall. Ha ha ha. What the hell are the bears smoking, right? That's, that's a horrible trade for a player that I think is less talented than Jerry Judy with less years of control than Jerry Judy yeah. had. So uh, I am just, you know, if you, if you are going to move from one of those guys, if you think that's a bad deal, then all right, move along. We're keeping him. That's, that's kind of, you're kind of proving my point here uh, with that one, hot water music. So uh, not smoking anything though, uh, other than, you know, brisket, maybe every once in a while for myself, not for the wife who's vegetarian, but uh, appreciate that. And you, again, making my point for me on that one or helping me further make my point. Yeah. No, I, and really to make this offense work, you need weapons. Yeah. He needs those matchup nightmares that can actually go win those one-on-one battles. Sean Payton can scheme guys open, but he has to have a guy that can win that one-on-one battle to make it work. And, you know, in the run game, we're seeing he loves bodies. Like he wants those big bodies that go out there and just maul people. Mm-hmm. Like my offensive line, they're just going to be better than the guys that are across from them. They're going to move them. That's what he wanted that with the Saints. Worked great. But then he wants those weapons again that he can kind of spread out. He can run different schemes. He can run different formations um, and, and just figure out, okay, how are we going to get this advantage? That's why I don't think the Broncos are done at the tight end position. Wouldn't surprise me if they want another weapon as a receiving option moving forward where they can run two tight end wide receiver or two tight end receiving options running down the field. But we got Jamie coming in saying, what do you guys think of the new backup quarterback? Well, he, he's an upgrade over... Jarrett Ripping. Stidham, the name Jarrett Stidham, uh, yeah. signed from the Raiders, drafted by the Patriots in the fourth round by way of Auburn, by way of Baylor. Scott, I think, don't know if we got back around to that, but he did originally yeah. play at Baylor in 2015, transferred, set out a year, and then two years for uh, the Auburn Tigers. So uh, Jarrett Stidham. Right. So really, to me, this move, I think it's a very smart move for the Broncos. You know, you're not going out and getting a guy that really is challenging Russell Wilson this year for the starting job, but has at least enough that you feel okay. If he has to play a few games, you know, we saw with the Raiders last year, 
got in there, played a great game against the 49er defense. Better than what Russell Wilson showed by far. What do you have, like three touchdowns in that game, over 300 yards passing? Looked great. You know, he has a good enough arm. He's still young, still developing. We've seen with Sean Payton. He takes guys and elevates their game. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't remember who says it that, that I talk to on a regular basis, but it, they say, you know, some coaches can take a guy from being good and make him great. Can take great guys and make them legends, you know, and that's what Sean Payton does with quarterbacks. And so if he can get this guy to elevate his game to that next level, Broncos could have something. You got him on two years. Let's say Russ doesn't play great this year. You got him. You can give him a year. Maybe you got a rookie that you start working to develop. I think just the timing of how it all works out and the price is a little more than I really wanted to pay for what he's shown so far. I mean, he's only started, started a few games in his career. But at the same time, like I said, there's more upside with him than a lot of the other guys that were on the market. Yeah, he's a interesting one. Uh, always had a lot of fans in terms of the arm talent that he possesses. Uh, I told this story earlier. I went to down, drove down to Columbia, Missouri from Iowa City to cover the 2019 Missouri Pro Day where Drew Locke was there. And I had it on pretty good authority. The Broncos had some interest in Drew Locke and uh, it was pretty high up there for them. So I went down to go see the Pro Day myself and see what I could, who I could talk to. And I brushed elbows with Jordan Palmer, uh, talked to him for five, 10 minutes on his way, uh, on his way, having a conversation with him uh, to his car to fly out. Cause he had another Pro Day to get to. Uh, but we talked about Drew Locke a little bit, of course, but also Jarrett Stidham came up uh, talking about, you know, the differences between the two. And he said, Jarrett Stidham had one of the best pro days I've ever seen. Uh, he was literally perfect out there. And Jarrett's arm is just easy. Uh, the velocity he can create, the touch he has, the ball placement, it's unbelievable. Uh, so Jarrett Stidham's a guy who always has had incredible arm talent. Hasn't always been there for him with the decision-making. But uh, this is somebody that Sean Payton identified. Also has a relationship with Davis Webb, the Broncos' new quarterback coach as well. So, you know, they're taking a shot here. And a guy who has... NFL traits and that I mean that's the biggest thing between Britt Rippon and Jared Stidham here why moving on from Rippon for Stidham Rippon God bless him uh seems like a great guy also really intelligent great in the locker room apparently in the quarterback room in the meetings but he had a you know squirt gun arm out there where Jared Stidham actually has an NFL caliber arm so you can do a lot of different things with him and gives the Broncos an option that if things kind of get off the rails because of an injury or Wilson not playing well you have somebody you can go to who you actually have some curiosity about uh, that it's not just going out there in a sacrificial lamb, which, sorry, I think Brett Rippon out there was more of a sacrificial lamb caliber of quarterback. Yeah, that, that's that's exactly it. You know, I remember going to training camp last summer, and Rippon, like I said, he's smart. But if he misses the read, if he doesn't understand fully what's going on in the play and he's late at all, it's a pick six. Mm -hmm. You know, that, that's the the big difference there. He just can't hit those throws when they're when he's a little bit late. Where a guy like Jarrett Stidham, Russell Wilson, those guys, they, they have enough arm talent that they can still make some of those throws. And, and he's got a little bit of athleticism. He's not a lame duck back there by any means. And so I, I think, like I said, you're, you're taking a little bit of a shot. It, it, it's a, a low risk, medium reward, I would say. I, I don't think he's ever going to turn into a top 10 quarterback by any means. I mean, maybe he shocks me. I'm guessing when, um, when Drew Brees went to the Saints, no one thought he was going to turn into a, a top five quarterback and now he's a hall of famer. So you, you just never quite know. But like I said, I think it's a medium reward kind of situation for the Broncos. And we got Jeremy coming in saying, good evening, fellas. Excited to hear Carl's take on free agency so far. Yeah. So really my, my take is, like I said, I, I love that the Broncos have a plan. I, I do think a lot of the contracts you could argue they've overpaid from what a lot of people thought they'd maybe be getting, you know, McGlinchey, I think he got what I probably thought he was going to get, but I didn't think he was deserving of that kind of money with what mm -hmm. he's shown on the field. Ben Powers, love that deal. Honestly, that's probably one of my favorite ones. I mean, it's a lot of money, but he's a very talented player. And it's also set up in a way, sorry to cut off real quick, but I think it's important to talk about it. It's set up as a two-year deal with two option years after it. So the Broncos right. can get out of it if it doesn't work. It's kind of like the Graham Glasgow situation where the contract – they signed him to a four-year deal and it was massive, but the year two and or year three and four were options. And the Broncos decided last season to approach Graham with a restructure that dropped the pay cut, not even a restructure, a pay cut. And then this last, uh, the 2024 season still had almost like no dead cap. And you could save a bunch. So let's say Ben Powers doesn't work out. You have him here for two years. And worst case, it's uh, similar to a Graham Glasgow situation where 
you know, you can free up a bunch of money for a somebody who didn't quite work out. It's not like you're totally tied to him. So you have a lot of flexibility and uh, team power uh, over that contract, despite what the sticker uh, price looks like. Right. And so then you've got Manhurts. Love that. Uh, you know, you needed that. Broncos don't have that kind of tight end on the roster. You're kind of hoping Eric Tomlinson would be that guy, but he's just, he was very up and down. I'm not sure what all happened. Just really the whole offense was out of sync. So maybe that was just a part of why he had this really down year compared to the year before. But I, I do, I love that, that setup for the Broncos. Again, you got an extra offensive lineman on the field pretty much at that point. P Ryan, again, a little bit of an overpay for the, the running back that you're getting, but fits what the Broncos want to do. And I heard a, a description of him and I, I kind of liked it. They said he is what we hoped Royce Freeman would be hmm. when the Broncos drafted him. You know, he, he's that power guy that can really chuck out those yards, can can run through some tackles, can help you big time in the pass game because he, he's a big time blocker. Like that guy hmm. loves to go hit people. I, I watched him take on some edge guys all by himself. Like they trusted him with that. They're in yeah. Cincinnati. And <laughs> he might have been their best blocker because their offensive line was not great. But uh, and, and he offers something in the past game, too. He's got decent hands. He's not a great, great wide receiver, but he can go catch a ball and he can go make a play. You know, there's a play that's circulating on Twitter right now of him, like taking it 40 yards for a touchdown against the Chiefs. Like some of his best plays have been against the Chiefs, which makes me very happy and hopes that that continues. Mm -hmm. uh, so, again, like that one. I, I really like Zach Allen. I know like I want Draymond Jones back, too. But I don't think Zach Allen is this huge downgrade for the Broncos. I think he's better in the run game. I think he's a step down in the pass game. And so you can kind of argue how those balance each other out. And I think he brings a little something different to the pass game. You know, he's, I think he had what, eight knockdown passes last year. He plays with more length, if that yeah. makes sense. I just see the club move, the swim move. Seems like a play with more of a length where Draymond was a little bit more slippery. You know, getting off guys, beating guys, ghosting guys as well. Not the uh, not answering girls' the text messages, but you know, ghost move against them in the the pass rush department. But yeah, I I agree with you. I think Zach Allen, great get for the Broncos. Also, only twenty five years old right now. He'll yeah. turn twenty six in August. But like you're betting on a guy who's probably just figured it out. And apparently, if Mike Mulginchy was Sean Payton's, you know, number one, like we need this guy this off season, which apparently pretty high on him. They really wanted him. Uh, Vance Joseph was pounding the table saying, we got to go get Zach Allen. That's a guy that is impressive. And I know that, you know, this will send a shiver down some people's spine, but like the, the mold of DeMarcus Walker that the Broncos kind of wanted with him, where it's an inside outside pass rusher who can play some heavy uh, stuff on the outside, then kick inside the three technique four I Zach Allen actually showed that on tape this last year and did pretty damn well at it. Yeah. And, and I'd add in Draymond Jones, a little bit of the personality always kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And I just, you know, but <laughs> well, it, it just, I love okay. So him, you know, tagging or, you know, liking different tweets of how much he hated Sean Payton or Russell Wilson. Like to me, I'm going, come on, dude. Yeah, and and I say that about Jerry Judy too. Yeah. Like Jerry Judy's learning. He's gotten better at, at not quite going to social media every time something goes wrong. But uh, you know, and that's the same with Shelby Harris. I know some people talked about bringing him back. He said a lot of bad things on the way out. Like pretty much like good riddance, Denver. I hated you anyway. And uh, just, I mean, that's not exactly word for word. I'm not trying to say that, but he, he definitely burned some bridges that he's got to rebuild if he wants to be able to come back to Denver, in my opinion. I, I want him back in Denver because I think he is a plus player. And if you can add him to that rotation, I think that's a good thing for the Broncos. But so, yeah, like I said, like the Zach Allen move. And is that is that all the moves so far the Broncos have made? Oh, Singleton, bringing him back. Again, a little bit of an overpay. And I worry a little bit about his fit going from, you know, Evero to um, to this new one with Vance Joseph. VJ. Yeah, with VJ, because he's requiring a lot more athleticism from his linebackers. That's not really Singleton's game. So I, I feel like he could maybe take a step down in what he brings to the field. Now, he's still a great run defender no matter what defense he plays in. He's going to get a lot of tackles for sure. I just worry a little bit if he has to do that. Now, with Darren Waller leaving the division, I feel much better about that signing just because he's not, you know, you're not going to have to ask him to go cover this six foot five, you know, 250 pound guy running down the field that can run a four or five. 
So I, I feel much better about that, but still a little bit leery on that one. So we got Geoff coming in saying, would love another cornerback or defensive end because I don't have faith in BJ yet. Would feel more comfortable if we had one more big defensive signing. Still can't believe Ramsey cost only a third. So here's the thing is people have to remember teams aren't just taking on just the player. Like player alone, probably a first round talent. But when you add in contract, that's the other part of the equation. Same with Cortland Sutton. You know, I think if he was on his rookie deal, it would be pretty easy to get a second round pick for him because teams are sitting there saying, hey, this guy has upside. He's still cheap. We can get this thing figured out with him. But once you start adding in that contract part of it, it really drives down the cost. And, and so I think that's what you're seeing. Like Darren Waller going for a third round pick as well. Like he's a great talent, but his contract makes that a little bit harder. Yeah. And I also Ramsey's been on the downward trend uh, past couple seasons. Cornerbacks are very volatile and uh, they can fall off a cliff in a hurry uh, as Broncos country unfortunately realizes, if you recall the career of Champ Bailey at the end, but uh, we don't like to remember that. We like to remember the good years. Speaking of good years, Ernie May is coming in. Good to see you, Ernie. Hello, Nick, Carl and Scott and Broncos country. Good to see you, Ernie. Let's see. Uh, hopefully you're having a good one. Broncos only today for you, Ernie. Leadhead seven, uh, 78 Leadhead saying, what do you guys think about moving Baron Browning back to off ball linebacker? Seem to be a lot more profound there than at the edge. Leadhead, I disagree with you a lot on this one, actually. I think that uh, he was much better at edge and more impactful at edge. And the Broncos feel you have three linebackers that you should feel okay with going next season. Uh, the other thing is, I don't remember who the specifics are on this, but apparently Baron Browning's been working with like a pass rush trainer, a guru. That's like somebody that Von Miller worked with as well. Cliss tweeted out, I think a couple days ago. So seems like it's full steam ahead with Baron Browning at edge and probably the starting edge opposite uh, Randy Gregory next year, depending on the package that they're using uh, with uh, Zach Allen inside or outside. Right. Well, that's the other thing is who else do you have? Nick Benito, Jonathan Cooper, <laughs> you know, like, right. But those are yeah. backup level guys. You don't want yes. either of them starting this season. Yes. If anything, to me, I, I want to add another ad, edge to this position that moves those guys down a spot. Yeah looking for that number three edge that can come in and do some spot starting if you need them. So yeah, yeah Baron Browning needs to stay there at the edge position. I feel pretty good about the off ball linebacker group. Maybe still add another one through, through the draft or something like that. Kind of a high upside guy later, but I mean, Jewel and Singleton are enough. Yeah. You want to upgrade, but they're enough. And again, I don't need to get on my pedestal with my own biases and uh, you know, preaching but uh, i think that linebacker and safety you just need to be good enough there you need smart players that are processing and do their damn job uh as bill belichick mold and would it be great to have you know the best athlete out there yes but like some of the best linebackers in football right now in that true off-ball sense like uh fred warner third round pick uh darius leonard second round pick i mean it's not always these height weight speed athletes that are taken in the first round that succeed at wide uh, linebacker steelers traded up to number 10 overall to get this athletic freak devin bush he's on the market and he's going to sign for like $2 million or something. So uh, I don't think that you have, it's great if you have a stud there at the linebacker spot, but I think that cornerbacks and defensive line are far more viable and impactful on whether or not you have a great defense or not. So again, and maybe the Vance Joseph defense that likes to blitz a little bit more, having some size and athleticism that makes a guy more of a threat to press an a gap or on a delayed blitz over the B gap. Yes. Uh, but uh, I don't think it's a, do or die for the defense. I mean, the defense has been pretty good the last few years and they've had worse linebacking pairs than Jewel and Singleton. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got to get another Iowa guy in there, Jack Campbell. Now we're talking. Um, so <laughs> Carl, when we're starting to wrap it on up here, about another 10 minutes or so, what was your least favorite signing the Broncos have made so far? What is the one that you think like three years from now and be like, ah, I always knew that was the deal that the Broncos probably shouldn't have signed. We should have gone elsewhere. Where, where are you at on that one? Not to be, not to toss some negativity in here, but you know, the one that you're the most just uh, weary about. McGlinchey. I mean, it, he's kind of the easy choice. Yeah. Biggest contract by far. And one, he's been injured a lot. You know, he's kind of done the, and I hate saying this name because it's going to drive everybody crazy. Juwan James every other year. You know, all of a sudden play 16 games next year, coming back with eight, play 16 games back there with 10. You know, like he's just kind of up and down a little bit on that, that side of things. And this last year he was okay. 
but I don't think he was quite as good as he was early on in his career. And, and again, I think he was coming off that quadriceps injury, still kind of building up some of his muscle from, from losing that. He lost some weight. And so that one makes me very nervous mm-hmm. uh, for the Broncos. I, I think he's still going to be a, a decent player for him. I, I just don't think he's going to quite live up to that contract by far. And we got Andrew Baker coming in saying, sup, Carl, Nick, and Scott. Hopefully no injuries next year, but what's our weak spot now? Hashtag MHH for life. Uh, I think the easy weak spot right now is center. Yeah. You know, you, again, you got Lloyd Cushenberry. How much do you really want him on the field? And there's not really anybody else that's challenging him at this point. Yeah. That's one that, uh, like I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, James Palmer on Good Morning Football this morning said the Broncos are still looking at uh, centers on the market. Also interesting, he mentioned the Broncos were also looking at guards. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Carl? What does that mean? When I heard that, I was like, huh, huh, guards, huh? Why, why would we be looking at a guard? Well, maybe you are thinking about moving Quinn Miners to center. You know, that, that I remember when he was at the Senior Bowl, he was mm-hmm. taking some snaps at center. There was some talk this last offseason. Broncos were going to try him out during training camp at center. Just kind of put in some competition for Lloyd Cushenberry and, and and see if he could handle it. And I watched him do a few snaps, and he did fine with it. And again, if you can go find yourself a good right guard to go next to him, and you can get the best three interior guys working together, I don't really care which position they play as long as you got three good ones on the interior. No. And you know, he I think he would make a pretty darn good center. Yeah. I again, it's the. Until not that he's not smart, but like all the processing you have to do and the years of experience that a lot of times the best centers are the aged ones that bodies are still holding on. I mean, it's pretty rare that you see a rookie or even a second year player ascend and become a dominant center. Typically, it's that second contract even for a lot of those guys. So that's the big hold up for me uh, for the Broncos, especially if you're drafting one pick. 67 68 well lloyd cushionberry was a third round pick and he's we're entering year four and we're still like i don't know what he is right he's not very good <laughs> but is what was he going to be so uh definitely something that maybe you could attack there and patrick coming in uh, our guy over in hawaii good to see you patrick hope you're doing well pretty about a month or so away from that surgery now hopefully you're all on the up and up but uh good to see you patrick we appreciate you and uh aloha to you we appreciate all the lion coffee that you sent us in support of the show phil mclaughlin coming in with the stars saying uh, do you think the broncos look at Connor mcgovern of the missouri tigers tribe or uh ben jones who the tennessee titans released with an injury waiver i believe if that's the correct terminology there's something to do with injury that he was released with like ronald darby right. was um just today officially right yeah, I, I wouldn't mind Connor McGovern. I mean, he, he's an upgrade over what you have with with Lloyd Cushenberry. I, I don't think it's going to be like this giant leap per se. But again, if he if you get an average starter there at that center position, you're feeling pretty darn good with this offensive line. You know, you're looking at one through five. If they stay healthy, I mean, that's always the caveat with this whole situation. If they stay healthy, that's going to be a pretty darn good offensive line. You know, it's always kind of, it's great to have superstars, but really with the offensive line, it's so much better just to have at least five good starters. Yeah. You can do a lot when you have those kind of five, five players. And I think McGovern could be that guy. And, and it makes you feel less inclined to have to go get a center, say in the draft, you know, you're not really having to either trade up or sit there and reach for a guy. Let's say they start going off the board and you're going, okay, we got to take that next one, no matter what you don't feel that way. Yeah. And so I wouldn't mind that Ben Jones. I, I want to see the, obviously the injury history. I would want to know, are you healthy? Are you going to be ready for the season? Because oh, Concussion, probably nothing right? drove me crazy more than last year watching uh, Tom Compton. And who's the other one that just kept getting injured. Billy Turner. Yeah. Billy Turner, you know, here are two guys that we signed and thought, Hey, maybe they're going to be two starters on the offensive line. When are they going to be healthy? Oh, it looks like they're a week away. No, never mind. It's going to be another month, you know, and it just, it got very frustrating watching that develop. And I don't yeah. want that same thing with a guy like Ben Jones, where you're hoping maybe he'll be ready for week one, but then all of a sudden you're stuck with Lloyd Cushenberry having to be out there. Yeah. It's a Broncos are obviously in a better position on the offensive line and the roster in general uh, today than they were just two days ago. Uh, the center spot though, is still, 
questionable. Now, that being said, if they did have to play Cushionberry or, you know, a cheap veteran for one year, we always said that the offensive line probably was going to be pretty damn hard to completely uh, turn over in one season. So that would just be a placeholder spot where you hope, you know, cost control. That's worst case scenario, right? That, that, that's the worst case scenario. I think it's as likely that Cushionberry is completely cut outright as he is starting. If not more likely uh, that he's yeah. starting next year, but that's one of the avenues right now. And heck, maybe he gets it together. Maybe he's better with a strong, stronger squatter player next to him, like a uh, Ben Powers versus Dalton Reisner, who, uh, you know, both of them shared skate sometimes uh, getting bull rushed at the point of attack. So, Talked a lot about the starters here. Carl, now we're talking. I've seen a lot of comments about the backups here, and I've been thinking about this the whole show. Where are we at now as far as the the second tier, and how does that, in your opinion, how does that change the direction of this Broncos uh, roster building with Sean Payton and George Payton uh, in areas of right now that we don't really think of on the surface as problems, uh, but ones that like if one player goes down, oh bleep, like we don't have anything here. Yeah, I mean, cornerback comes to mind. Okay. Yep, that was, I mean, yep. partly because if Patrick Sertan goes down, this defense is kind of screwed no matter what. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just that talented. He's the it, dude. It's, it's nice that you can leave a guy completely on an island on one side and feel really good that he's going to win that matchup 99% of the time. But even beyond that, I mean, Mathis, if he goes down, if Williams goes down, and Williams has had a lot of injury history, and we got Maurice coming in saying, greetings from Scotland, Broncos country. Good to see you. Thanks for tuning in all the way uh, across the pond there. But yeah, th- after those top three guys, there's a lot of unknowns. And, and even with Mathis, there- there's still a lot of unknown there. And, and so it's a position I want to see the Broncos add maybe another couple pieces to the, to the room yeah. just to feel better about the depth. Defensive line, again, it's kind of another position that Right now, you feel pretty good with DJ Jones and Zach Allen. Two pretty good good pieces. Beyond them, Purcell's okay. Like, if you need him in the rotation, he's going to be an okay piece for you. And then you've got the the two rookies from last year that you're kind of hoping that they develop and become something. But can you really rely on that going into this season? Like, you, you put a lot of chips on the table mm-hmm. that you're going to be good this year. What happens if Zach Allen or DJ Jones go down with injury? Can you feel okay with one of those guys having to play? Yeah, you took the uh, cornerback is the big one that I feel like we haven't talked about at all. And it wasn't just, you know, obviously Patrick Sertan goes down. The defense is probably going to tank pretty bad. Um, But uh, outside of them, I mean, Damari Math is still a big variable. And behind him, Jaquan McMillan, question mark. uh, Kawan Williams also at the slot. I mean, you don't, is this thing Bassie back? I think they let him go. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I mean, that's. A lot of questions uh, in the the cornerback room, and it's a position that I think now that the Broncos have really filled out that offensive line pretty well. <laughs> uh, obviously, not perfect because we still have questions at center, but uh, the starters pretty well. Maybe cornerbacks very much on the table there uh, for the Broncos 67, 68. I do know they've been in contact with a few cornerbacks that uh, I have connections with. Uh, one of them for sure uh, that the Broncos have been talking with. Uh, the other position uh, here for the Broncos that I'm still like, yeah, probably need to draft somebody is offensive tackle still uh, mm-hmm. Mike McGlinchey injury history. We talked about it, but setting yourself up, not only do they not have a backup at all that I can think of right now, uh, Calvin Anderson goes and signs with the jets today. I don't even remember. He signs elsewhere. Another Patriots. team uh, today. Patriots. Yeah. Calvin Anderson, the Patriots Cam Fleming still out there. I'd love to have Cam Fleming back, but behind them, uh, absolutely n- no depth. Uh, and we talked about earlier, potentially moving on from Garrett Bowles after the season maybe you take somebody this year and you hope that you can develop them into somebody that, uh, you know, a year or two, somebody who you can get away with uh, paying very little in a starting caliber tackle for me and cornerback are the big two that like the depth scare the hell out of me. Yeah. And, and unfortunately with those positions, you do usually see some injuries, you know, cornerback. Yes. I highly doubt your top three guys are yep. going to stay healthy the entire year. You know, I think back to, to 2015 with the Broncos. How fortunate was it that that defense stayed so healthy all year? Did they lose a starter at all? I'm trying to remember. They lost very few games is, is what I'm trying to say from that defensive starting unit. And you got a lot of guys who were coming back from injury that you, you're you going to hope that they can be something. You know, it's the nice thing is it's not only the, the free, agents, free agents that you're bringing in. The Broncos had, I think it was a historical loss of starting games this past season. So you got guys like Tim Patrick, Randy Gregory, um, 
Garrett Bowles, Guan Williams, Draymond hopefully Javante Will- Josie Jewell missed games. Justin yeah. Simmons missed games. Uh, right. Insane number. Not just the guys right. out for the season, but like Ronald Darby. I mean, like it goes on and on and on. Like Quinn Miners missed time. Right. Both running backs missed time. I mean, unbelievable. Right. Russell so Wilson missed time. <laughs> right. And so you're hoping you can have a little bit help, better luck in the, the injury department this next year. So you got some starters yeah. staying on, but, but like I said, you still need some depth. They're, they're depth. They're they're gonna. There's gonna be injuries. It's just part of the NFL game. Like even the luckiest team still had some injuries. And uh, so I'm interested to see how better the the Broncos do. Like I said, building some depth at some of these positions. But we got Gary Palmer coming back in. Said, did we get a pick for Draymond? Unfortunately, that's gonna be a no. Broncos decide comp picks. Screw you. We don't care about you. That's pretty much what they said with all these signings. They they went and got real free agents. And so the Draymond contract gets ca- canceled out by the McGlinchey contract. Um, if Dalton Reisner signs for a decent contract, that's going to be taken out by the Ben Powers contract. You know, so on down the road, th- there's no chance the Broncos are getting a comp pick unless there is a coach that leaves or a, a GM. Something like that happens. I don't know if they have any coaches that would – qualify i don't think so i don't know can um, a position coach oh. going to a coordinator role qualify or do they have to become a head coach i thought they had to become a head coach and they had to be on the team for multiple years yeah i mean you got the the defensive backs coach that's been here for multiple years christian page and also they retained um oh gosh the defense dixon uh on the defensive line but if those guys go and become defensive coordinators, I don't know if that qualifies. I think they have to jump up to head coach. Yeah. For it to count. So I'm, I'm not positive. You might be right uh, on that. Yeah. And I, I know for sure they have to be within the organization for multiple seasons. So I don't know. We'll see. But Phil McLaughlin, just curious what percentage of injuries on the offensive, on the offense versus the defense offense had more than defense, but defense still had a fair amount. So, yep. Crazy amount. Javante Williams, we didn't, I don't know if you mentioned him. Tim Patrick, Randy Gregory. I mean, that's more names. It was, I wrote an article. You can find it on Mile High Huddle. Uh, Football Outsiders. Broncos had the highest, by far, of adjusted inj- games lost due to injury. But uh, it was bad. Um, and we appreciate that. And guys, we got to start to wrap it on up here. Um, Tom coming in saying, guys, love the sign-ins. I'm not a huge fan of the money we gave in Glinchy. I do like P. Ryan. Pretty sure he ran for 400 yards in a game as a Sooner. Really enjoyed him as a Sooner. Going down memory lane with Carl, we did a few mocks where we took P. Ryan in the fourth round saying, Guys, tough runner between the tackles and can block like a demon. Uh, we want that. Not a home run hitter by any means, but he's going to be tough to tackle and going to bring you a nice veteran presence back there. Whether he's, you know, your number one B next year because Javante Williams isn't healthy, he's a good player to have in your rotation, and you're going to be happy to have yeah. him. And Russell Wilson I, is going to be happy to have him. Right. Yeah, that, that's going to be the big thing. Like I said, that that blocking. And, and he's, he's aggressive in the blocking. It's not like he sits mm-hmm. back and waits for a guy to come hit him. Yeah. Like he's running up to the line of scrimmage and meeting them there so that you can keep that middle pocket still open. That, that is such an underrated quality that he brings to, to that blocking. And uh, so I, I, that's the part I'm excited to watch him just kind of stonewall some guys coming on that, that a gap blitz. And I, if you go back, I, I highly recommend watching the, the chiefs Bengals game from the regular season, because that's one where he got starts. He got 20 carries in that one, had some, some catches as well. But watching him in the past game, like I said, of just the Chiefs were trying to blitz like crazy because, again, that Bengals offensive line, not not great. They're very inconsistent this year. And but his ability to help with the the blitzes were coming of knowing how to set that up and give their quarterback just that extra second to be able to find a guy down the field. Huge advantage. And we got Michael coming back in saying great show tonight. Nick and Carl and building the Broncos. Go Broncos and Buckham. Michael, always good to see you in here, bud. And uh, appreciate everyone being here. It's just such a fun time of year. It, it just it feels like Christmas. Like we just got a bunch of great presents, and the rest of the league sit there saying, "Man, I wish like, I got all those presents." Uh, you know, maybe we overpaid for them. Maybe we didn't get them on the the sale day. We didn't go on Black Friday, but still got some some quality players coming to the Broncos. And it's kind of nice. Also, we got Daniel coming in saying, uh, "With some stars, thank you so much, there, Daniel." Uh, you know, I think of the rest of the division where. You know, Chiefs losing Orlando Brown. Now they're going to try Juwan Taylor at the left tackle position. He played there some games in college. It wasn't great. 
he's much better at right tackle than he was left tackle in college. And obviously he's played right tackle in the NFL. So going to be interesting to see how he makes that switch. I'm so scared. They're going to trade for Larry Tunsil. Oh yeah. That would be horrible. <laughs> um, but yeah. then you think of the chargers, they might be losing their running back. Yeah. One of their biggest playmakers. We'll see. And then of course Raiders losing Waller. So, you know, I, I feel pretty good that maybe the Broncos have taken a bigger step than the rest of the division. Now yeah. they had a long ways to go to catch up. So we'll see if they can make that. And I wanted to make one final point. Uh, something I know a lot of people talk about free agency and spending and it being a really bad decision. The last seven years, every single team that spent the most money had a plus three increase in their win total or more on average. It was 5.14 wins per year for, for the last seven years. So if you had five wins to the Broncos, that's 10 and seven. Borderline playoffs. Yeah. And then you talk about the injury luck as well at the same time. And this is a team that's probably going to be fighting for 500 next year. Knock on wood. Uh, but anything better than that, gravy will take it. And it means heading in the right direction. And a lot of more competent football games. We hope this was a competent show for you guys today. We appreciate you all coming in. Uh, just a clarification. Did look it up here. Comp picks only awarded if a team uh, hires away a minority candidates to be the general manager or the head coach, assistant GM, assistant coaches, uh, coordinators do not count. Uh, so it has to be that. So just the more, you know, right. Um, but uh, so not, not for the Broncos this time, if they keep Van Joseph for two years and he goes on to be a head coach somewhere, they need to get one. Uh, but I digress. Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Dumbler MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also make sure you're following us at BFB underscore pod and BTB underscore pod. I keep, I don't, I keep seeing that one. It's BT. What's the hat say building the Broncos. Okay. BTB underscore pod on there as well as at mile high huddle. If you haven't done so yet, join us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. And of course, follow us on Instagram. This is a new one on here. Mile underscore high underscore huddle. Uh, make sure you're following us on there. Scott does a good job uh, cutting up a lot of the clips, putting them on there is in bite size. Always fun. I'm sure he really enjoys circling back and listening to all the stupidity that I have to say, because he already has to hear that enough on the morning shows. And then of course, as the ticker says underneath subscribe, like, and share over on YouTube, Carl, any plans the rest of the day? Any thoughts? Uh, what's what's going on? What's new? Uh, just the, the kids are gone. Oh, I have party. a kid, kidless house for a few days here. My, my mother-in-law and, and father-in-law said, Hey, we're taking them out to the farm for, for spring break. And, so wife and I are, unfortunately, we have to work a lot, yeah. <laughs> but we're going to get a few, few evenings here together evening here. I'm going to go home, maybe make a little supper for the both of us and, and have a good time. But, uh, I, I did want to say thank you, Deanna coming in here at the end for yeah. us. Yeah. Thank you so much saying evening, Nick and Carl so far, really excited with the signings heard anything on a center. Who else do you want? Hashtag MHH for life. Well, Deanna, uh, sounds like Broncos are still looking, still talking to some people. And we talked a little bit earlier that they might be looking even at guard. So they're, they're not going to say we have to have a center. So I, it'll be interesting to see what kind of quality they're willing to bring in and what kind of player, you know, is it a guard? Is it a center? But uh, yeah, otherwise I I'm okay. Wait until the draft. I think there's some really high quality guys that can come in and give you more than what you had these last few years. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's some options there. You're going to be able to add to the room and, Worst case scenario, you go with the same starter as you did last year, but much improved around him. Don't think that's the likely path. I think the Broncos are still going to bring in competition to somebody who could probably play better for relatively cheap. Uh, there are always some veteran veteran options out there, but uh, yeah, Deanna, there's, it sounds like what they're looking for next. Uh, and the Broncos are still on the hunt for that. And I am laughing so hard at Paul talking about uh, your evenings, Carl. Um, but uh, we'll digress, Paul. I see you, uh, but I uh, appreciate everyone. Make sure you guys continue to choose kindness and compassion. We'll see you again tomorrow night. Uh, Mile high huddle. Always appreciate you guys. Love y'all. Go Broncos. Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.